As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This ride is just insane! We're gonna go 165 feet in the air. We're gonna drop down 180 feet like an 85 degree angle. You ready? I hate this you, I hate you, I hate you. And now we're going into an Emmelman maneuver. <laughs> I had that last week, actually. Coast in the Country. With Marcus LaShock. From WGN TV Studios in Chicago, this is Coast in the Country. My name is Marcus LaShock. Welcome to episode 16 of the podcast. If you're new to us, this is where we run down everything that is happening in the theme park world, tell you about all of the great places you can travel to across the country, and just have some good old-fashioned family fun. It is February 14th. want to wish all of y'all a very happy Valentine's Day. And uh, last episode, I was coming off the American Coaster Enthusiast No Coaster Count event out in Rosemount. We talked all about that just outside of Chicago. And this week, we will have some of my conversation with Cedar Point's Tony Clark. If you are an amusement park enthusiast, you know Tony Clark. He is the, uh, he is probably one of the best, if not the best, public relations person uh, for a theme park out there. He's right there on the Mount Rushmore, for sure, of PR people at parks because uh, he just has the enthusiasm. He knows how to communicate. He is very entertaining, and he's great on social media with interacting with guests. His tweet-ups are kind of legendary. Everything he does there is great, and the guy loves Cedar Point inside and out and loves to talk about Cedar Point whenever you ask ask him about it. So anyway, uh, he talked with me all about what they're working on for 2020. It's their big 150th anniversary celebration at Cedar Point. Just a huge year for them, no doubt. But uh, we also talked a little bit about that 2021 teaser uh, they had in their announcement video this year. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll, you'll hear it in my interview with him just a little bit later. But uh, before we get to that, we're just going to go ahead and run down some of the news that's happening in the theme park world. All right, first up, we're going to head back down to uh, Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, home of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and the upcoming Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Galactic Star Cruiser. It's not a hotel. It's a Star Cruiser. Yeah, this is the name of their... This is just insane. This thing that they are attempting to build there, their Star Wars hotel experience at Hollywood Studios down there in Florida. It's opening in 2021, but we now know... 
that you will be able to start making reservations later this year. This is a two-night experience where you board a spacecraft. Um, they actually put out a video in about the last week or so where they kind of describe it a little bit more in detail if you have not heard it yet. And I'm going to play you some of that video right now. Take a listen. For the first time, we're going to invite guests to become the hero of their own Star Wars adventure, and you can do it in whatever way you like. They will live aboard a starship for two days and two nights. When guests arrive at Walt Disney World, they will go to this terminal, think of it as a small private cruise terminal, if you will, and you and your family will then be ushered into a launch pod. And this is a small capsule where you will then simulate the experience of blasting off into space. There will be a window overhead until you eventually see our ship, the Halcyon, in the distance. When the doors of the launch pod open and you emerge into the atrium, everything in the spaceship wants to reinforce that feeling of you're on a star cruiser in a galaxy far, far away. The cabins are unlike any place you will have stayed before. These are cabins of a star cruiser. Cabins can sleep up to five though, so you've got the bunk beds that look not unlike what we've seen Chewie sleep in in the movies. We've got that exclusive window that shows a view out into space. Guests will be invited to participate in a variety of activities. For the first time, both adults and kids alike will get to wield a lightsaber and face off against a training remote. Every guest will be invited to take a tour of the bridge of the ship. So this is where the navigation systems are. This is where the defense systems are. So that training that you do as part of your bridge tour ultimately pays off as part of this much bigger galactic Star Wars story that you're a part of. Guests will get to go on a planet excursion to the planet of Batuu to visit Black Spire Outpost. I'm going to stop that for one second. I've been saying Batuu forever. Is it Batu? How come when I was there and did all this reporting and everything else, nobody at Disney said to me, like, uh, excuse me, it's Batu, not Batu? I feel like a moron. Anyway, uh, let's pick this up where that left off. For the first time, we're going to invite guests to become the hero of their own Star Wars adventure, and you can do it in whatever way you like. They will live aboard a starship for two Oh, I lost a... I lost where I stopped, and it started over again. That's my bad. Um, anyway, uh, that was pretty much the end of it. Anyway, so what they were saying is you go to Batu, You end up back at Batu, and that's Galaxy's Edge. You know, that's the name of the planet thing that you're, that you're on there. And so you can go from the quote-unquote star cruiser. They take a little transport, and you can go into Batu and live out your own little adventure there in Batu, which is pretty cool. Um so basically, you're going to be immersed in Star Wars for like three straight days, two nights. And when you're on this, if you go to WGNTV.com slash coasting, that is where you can watch this video. I've got it embedded. Just click on the episode, episode 16 for this podcast, and you'll see the video embedded down below. You can watch it. So there is no, um, there's no like window outside to Hollywood Studios. So it's like when you're in your room... When you're in your cabin, you don't look out the window and see, you know, the parking lot of the hotel or anything like that. Your window is a screen that's showing you outer space. So you feel like you're you're in space for like three days. I just, I, I so want to know how big this thing is. How many guests can there be on it? And of course, uh, the question you have is, what's it going to cost? Is it going to be 
a hundred bucks a night? No, I can tell you, I can guarantee you that. That's that's what I do know. Uh, rumors and early reports saying it could be upwards of three thousand dollars a person for these two night, three day experience. I don't, I, I can't confirm that. Um, I do know that it will not be the cheapest thing out there for what the experience is, but um, we'll see if it's really that expensive or not. But um, yeah, either way, uh, they should have more details, obviously, around the time when reservations uh, go up at the end of this year. But, you know, if Rise of the Resistance, Galaxy's Edge, or any indication, this is going to be experienced unlike anything we have had before. And uh, also happening, Disney is closing... um, at Hollywood Studios, they are closing the, um, I'm sorry, what was it called? The uh, Star Wars A Galaxy Far, Far Away stage show at Hollywood Studios. That is going to be ending, which makes sense considering that uh, Galaxy's Edge is up and running now. So um, that's going to fade out. And then we'll see if that like Star Wars launch bay eventually closes too. That was kind of the home where all the Star Wars stuff was in Hollywood Studios while they were building Galaxy's Edge. But um, does that mean they're going to incorporate some of the older characters into the Galaxy's Edge area i don't know we'll see but it's interesting also uh, next story here speaking of cost ticket prices have increased at disney parks the biggest headline this week probably goes to disneyland where the the highest price of a single day ticket this is what's making all the headlines just topped 200 dollars for the first time that's the most expensive day to go on i think it's like 209 dollars for a one day admission for one person into disneyland on like the most expensive day of the year the good news though this is the first price increase in 13 months. So that's something, right? Took them a little while to do that. Attendance was down a little bit while people were waiting for Galaxy's Edge and Rise of the Resistance. So they didn't raise the ticket prices, but now they're bringing them back up. Disney World also increased its annual pass prices. Non-Florida residents will now pay $11.95 to $12.95 for the year. Florida residents between $319 and $999, depending on the package that you pick. If you want the biggest annual pass, that is admission to any Disney park anywhere in America all year long, that is now $2,199 a year. So that's what's happening in the world of Disney this week. Uh, now on to one of my favorite parks I've ever been to, Kennywood Park, just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I love Kennywood. Well, this week they announced that their uh, GM, Jerome uh, Gibas, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, is stepping down after 40 years of service there at Kennywood. They did not give a reason why their GM is stepping away. As of I'm recording this right now, there is no reason given, but uh, he stepped down as of February 5th, and Rick Stammel, who is the VP of Palace Entertainment's theme parks, will be the interim GM, and they're conducting a whole nationwide search for a permanent replacement there. So that's some news there, but in some more positive Kennywood news, they released a, just a wonderful video this week about their legendary wooden roller coaster, Jackrabbit. Uh, Jackrabbit is just an outstanding ride, turning 100 years old this season. If you've never been on it, it's a classic uh, wooden roller coaster. It has got the original trains on it, old school trains on it. it. It's such a unique, cool ride. You leave the station, the ride takes you um, right into a drop down the, down the hillside there. It kind of goes right through the terrain, and you kind of curve around before you hit the lift hill, and then you hit the signature element of Jackrabbit. That's the double dip drop. It's awesome. So much fun. 
An even more incredible one you're honored to imagine that people were doing this a century ago. So they put together a video celebrating 100 years this year. They talked to uh, a few enthusiasts about it, and I've got a little bit of that here for you. Take a listen. Jackrabbit is just a really special coaster. I mean, there's not too many roller coasters that are 100 years old. And to have a, a classic coaster like this that not only still exists, but still runs those, the, the same design of the original train. Um, they've been rebuilt many times over the years, but it's that same funky, classic, basic train. And Kennywood to continue to operate it and the way they do is, is just really special because there's not too many places on Earth where you can experience something like this. The Jackrabbit was built at a very exciting time in industry history. It was a period after World War I where advancing technology um, made rides the, really the prominent feature at amusement parks. Before that, people came to dance, have picnics. Rides were almost a sideline. It was one of the first roller coasters built using under friction technology, which was a newly invented uh, way to lock the roller coaster wheels to the track, making it impossible for them to leave. Jackrabbit is probably one of the most interesting designs in the sense that it has uh, a double dip, which is almost unheard of in today's designs. And it's one of the most effective double dips, which gives you tremendous, almost blissful airtime when you, when you traverse it. The Jackrabbit is a part of the landscape here in Pittsburgh. It's a part of a rite of passage in Pittsburgh. It's much as part of Pittsburgh as the Inclines, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pirates. Most families come to Kennywood and usually their first roller coaster is the Jackrabbit. And most people love it, they uh, flock to it, and it's one of the most popular rides in the park. To think it has been around for a century is absolutely amazing. It's not a huge ride, it's not gonna break any records, but you get off of it with a smile on your face. To me, Jackrabbit really epitomizes what Kennywood's all about, because Kennywood's about combining the old and the new. I really never like to pass off an opportunity to talk about Jackrabbit, because Kennywood deserves so much credit for keeping it and operating it in the amazing way that they do. I hope that Kennywood continues to operate Jackrabbit in such a classic manner for another 100 years. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you straight up, if you go to WGNTV.com slash coasting, click on the episode link for this episode. You hear me say that all the time, episode 16. You can watch this video. Uh, Nick Paradise, the people there at Kennywood, did a great job putting this video together. And I'm going to echo everything that they said. You know, sometimes you see these videos and you think like, oh, here we go. It's a promo video for the park. Of course, they got to say great things about the ride. Find me an enthusiast who, t who, who will say that Jackrabbit stinks. You won't find one telling tell the truth about it. It is an awesome ride. And I was there and I was shocked because I, I was there taping some stuff on Steel Curtain and I did tape some stuff on Jackrabbit for a segment. It's going to air on WGM Morning News very soon. But um, I was there before the park opened doing a lot of this stuff and there were people lined up at Jackrabbit. Families, adults, you name it, lined up to get on it before the park opened. Before the ride opened, a good amount of people there to line up this thing. 99 years later, this year it'll be 100. 99 years old, people are still lined up to ride it. It is so cool. And it's a testament to the work they've done to keep it rideable and to keep it feeling like it must have felt back then. That had to be, think about that. 1920, if you've been on Jackrabbit, think about what that must have been like for people back then. You know, there was no steel curtain back then. There was no giant roller coaster anywhere. This was something new. All those people getting on and never had, never been on anything like this before. 
that's just a really great ride, and it has a really cool connection to the Chicagoland area, which I'm going to tell you about in a future WGM Morning News segment, and we will talk about it here on the podcast for sure after I actually get that done, which I need to. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our interview here uh, that I mentioned just a few minutes ago. I was at the Ace No Coaster Con a few weeks ago, talked with Tony Clark of Cedar Point, all about what they're doing in 2020 and looking ahead to uh, those 2021 rumors. People are really wondering what they're cooking up for 2021. Here's a little bit of my talk with Tony Clark. So what are some of the things that you're doing for 150 years? When you celebrate 150 years, you kind of have to think, how do we really wrap that all into one season? And we're going to celebrate all aspects of Cedar Point. We're going to have a new ride. We're going to have new entertainment. We're going to have new food options because people ask for that. Great activities for the family and the kids and people who love roller coasters, too. So you combine all of those things and celebrate what makes Cedar Point a great place and such a great part of our American history is the second oldest amusement park in the country. I mean, it's it's uh, it's going to be a big, big, big party. Yeah. You said a new ride. Yeah, Snake River Expedition is something mm-hmm. that we're introducing this year. It's a boat ride that has a captain. The whole family can ride it. It's going to have animatronics, live storytelling characters that actually make you a part of the story. You're on a secret mission. You don't know what that is just yet. Is it shady? Is it fun? Is it cool? I don't know. The captain needs to tell you those things. But um, people asked for that ride to come back, and so we have a newer version of it, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that was something that was there before, right? That was part of the park, and was gone. Now it's coming back. There were two rides that we used to have in that same spot. The Western Cruise was the first one and then paddle wheel excursions which was a newer version of it and people loved that ride because it had corny jokes and fun animatronics but this year it's got a new twist on it um, completely different kind of attraction but same concept of riding around the lagoons of cedar point and going around every corner wondering if something bad or good is going to happen as you turn it do you enjoy getting the questions here from all the fans this is a good test of how much you really know about your park it's almost like an athletic event you know there's like There's like easy questions that you can answer, and then there's difficult questions that maybe are a little uncomfortable, and it also helps you think on on the top of your toes. So we're, we're, I love these kinds of things because it gives me good practice, but I don't think there's a question somebody could ask me that I didn't know how to handle at this point. We've been doing this for a while, so we're we're seasoned now. I watched your announcement. You guys had the big hour-long YouTube extravaganza with all your employees in the rotunda. Was that at Breakers, Hotel Hotel Breakers? Breakers, Beautiful. Well, you had somebody in the background who had a sign. (laughs) That said 500 feet in 2021. Uh-huh. What is that all about? You had to bring that up, didn't you? And well, I, know I mean, you it was it break. was it was not so like subtly placed, like right break, in the background the entire you time. You break this news, don't you? I know right. you do. Now, yeah. We like to toy and play with the people that 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 you know tease us and ask us questions. And one of the things everybody wants us to do is build a 500 foot tall roller coaster. We right. built we built the first 200 foot tall roller coaster, 300 foot tall roller coaster, 400 foot tall uh-huh. roller coaster. So everyone's like, where's the 500 foot tall coaster? Right. So, not coming in 2020, yeah. not coming probably soon. Um, yeah. So I, it was just a little teaser to right. poke fun. Yeah, that was like a total troll job there. That was a, well, pretty was. well done. That's what makes this job fun. <laughs> you know, we're, not a, yeah. we're not the New York Stock Exchange. We're, 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 or a, or a, or a place that has to follow rules like a target. Right. You know, we're, we're, we're about having fun. We're, about, we're a fun place to be. Our fans are fun. Um, American coaster enthusiasts are fun. So why not have a little fun with them too? Yeah, so uh, there you go. You notice he didn't deny it? So he said, definitely not in 2020. Probably not coming soon. So he didn't say it wasn't happening in 2021. 
but get the impression that here's the deal. The whole I'm talking about the whole 500 foot coaster thing, right? Uh, that would be a mammoth job, right? Thinking it would be like a, a polar coaster, okay? Um, if they were going to open that in, in 2021, work has to start like now, yesterday. That, that should be already being built because we're talking about a massive structure, right? Um, there would have to be regulatory things. All kinds of stuff would have to happen, I believe, uh, that I would think would have leaked out by now, but... Uh, I could be wrong. They're pretty good about it. But uh, so there you go. Tony having some fun with the video there. If you haven't seen the video, guess where I have it posted? WGNTV.com slash coasting in the uh, episode page of this episode 16. What should they build at Cedar Point in 2021? Just click on the headline there and you can watch that video or you can see the image from that screen grab from that video with what I was talking about there. So anyway, I asked you guys on my Facebook and Instagram pages to answer this question. If you could decide what Cedar Point ads in 2021, what would you pick? What would you put at Cedar Point in 2021? So, all right, I got some of your responses here. You ready? Here, let me pull these up. Dan Clark says what many of you guys are saying. Always wanted a 500-foot polar coaster. Record on a coaster and an observation tower, which observation tower would be pretty great there with the lake and everything else looking down at cedar point it would be a really cool place to have an observation tower uh coaster engineer wants a tower as well just so i can always see the point from far away uh yeah i just think that an observation tower would be cool roller coaster snaking down from that tower uh that's just a massive financial investment guys um is cedar fair gonna do that um, I don't know. I don't know. We've seen uh, Orlando, the city of Orlando, flirted with that down in downtown Orlando, putting in a giant 500-foot polar coaster, but that plan, just getting the finances to do that, like, that's difficult to, to do. So we'll see. But um, you notice they did float the 500 in the video, and um, they're not saying no shot. We could never do that. But I don't know. Never put it past Cedar Point to surprise you with something like that. Uh, West PTMS wants Cedar Point to bring back a classic like Wildcat completely refurbished. It's interesting. The Art of Parks wants a uh, Gerslauer Infinity Coaster like the Smiler. Okay. Jonah Gonzalez wants an SNS, SNS Launch Coaster. I thought this was interesting because I, obviously I'm, I'm in Chicago Six Flags Great America just got an SNS Max Force. The launch on that thing is awesome. Just an awesome one. But uh, they've already got Top Thrill Dragster at Cedar Point. So that goes 420 feet. Obviously, the SNS Air launch is a little bit more forceful than the Dragster launch. Dragster is a higher top speed. So, I mean, if you put in an SNS launch coaster, you'd have to go faster than Dragster. And then, like, how would you top Dragster? Like, what would you put in for that? So... Uh, I don't know. It would it would have to do other things, obviously. So it'd be it's interesting. I, I'm all about the launch coasters. I love it. Buzz Neon says, "How about a high speed train from Chicago? <laughs> That's pretty good. That I I would get on board with that, no doubt. Easier way to get to Cedar Point, get an annual pass, and just be jumping back and forth on a high speed train over like an hour or so. That would be sweet." 
Cameron Pre Media says I want a uh, family wooden coaster. It checks the wooden coaster box, and it checks the family box. Interesting. A bunch of you said uh, a wooden coaster, something to fill the Mean Street gap. And clearly, now that Mean Street's gone and Steel Vengeance is there, kind of like a steel wood hybrid, um, they're lacking a big, like, wow, wooden roller coaster. And Tony was asked about that. During the No Coaster Con Q&A, he was asked if Cedar Point was considering adding a wooden coaster. Like, are you guys considering adding a wooden coaster? His answer was a flat, yes. <laughs> yes. And that could mean anything. It could mean, yeah, they're getting a wooden coaster in 2021. It could mean, of course, they're considering a wooden coaster. I mean, who, who doesn't consider a wooden coaster? It doesn't mean they're adding it. But I think that's a something like, El Toro-esque, like, give me, like, a real kick-butt wooden roller coaster at Cedar Point. I think that would be great. We need more kick-butt wooden roller coasters. Like, you know, Kings Island added Mystic Timbers uh, a few years ago, and that ride's awesome. Just an awesome, really fun, cool, zippy wooden coaster. There's nothing like it. For me, that's my favorite type of roller coaster. Love those classic wooden coasters. Uh, so again, does this mean that that's happening in 2021? Nah, I don't know. But could be a strong possibility, though. Kevin Stanaway? Kevin Stanaway? Sorry, I'm probably mangling that. says, record-breaking B&M flyer. Uh, you know, just to be fair, I've only been on one B&M flyer. That's Superman and Six Flags Great America. Not my favorite coaster. Uh, kind of gimmicky to me. The pretzel loop thing just wigs me out the older I get like what is going on with that and that that one doesn't do anything really particularly after that um so I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the B&M flyers although people tell me like once you go on some of the other B&M flyers out there that they're a lot they're a lot more fun you know but I don't know we'll see is that going to be it I would be a little bit surprised if that's what they do next but you never know and finally MJM exclusive says a churro cart. I love you guys. I love all your feedback. It is Valentine's Day. Love you guys. Uh, so make sure you follow me on Instagram. I'm at Marcus Lashock. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, at Marcus Lashock on everything. You can add me there. You can also listen to all the past episodes of the podcast, see all kinds of great videos at WGNTV.com slash coastin. No G, coasting, because we're cool, man. We're coasting here. You can send me a message or suggest a topic for a story on WGN Morning News on my personal website, marcuslashock.com. I've got a button at the top that says submit my story. You can click on that, and that sends me a bing right into my phone in my pocket. Love it. I get a lot of great ideas from that, and uh, I appreciate you guys reaching out to me there. So I want to thank all of you for listening. I'm actually going to be out of town for a few days next week, so uh, we'll be back with another new podcast episode in two weeks. We're getting closer to spring, people. And all kinds of stuff's going to be opening soon. I'm trying to figure out my schedule, what I'm going to be able to get to, what I want to get to. There's always more I want to get to than I'm actually able to get to because this isn't my full-time job. But it's a part of it. And I, you guys listening to this podcast, you guys uh, watching the segments on the air, on our social media platforms, everything else, is it means so much to me that there's people out there that love this business love this um, industry, love getting out and just seeing the country, seeing uh, America and having a good 
good old-fashioned family fun, as we say on the show. Um, nothing to me like piling kids in the car and going and driving somewhere and experiencing something for the first time. It's really great, and I love that all you guys are listening and your feedback and everything else. So I will hear, talk to you guys again in two weeks. For now, don't forget to push down and pull up on your lap bars. I'm Marcus Lashock. Peace out.